Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nintendo Fuse Podcast. This is episode 249. Tonight we're going to be talking all about uh, E3, unfortunately being cancelled this year. And uh, also going to be talking about New Games Plus Expo, and a lot more stories. But uh, before we get into any of that, it's time for introductions. My name is Steve. I'm so grateful to uh, be here with you all, and also grateful for our co-host, as always, Barry. How's it going? Hey, Steve, uh, it's great to be here. It's a busy, busy, busy time. I'm I'm just finishing my dinner now as we speak. I didn't get home until ten minutes before the podcast, and uh, had a had a rush to the computer eating here. Like <laughs> nice. whatever, I just gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, what are you having for dinner? Well, I had a chicken sandwich, but I've got a cookie left over, so okay. I'm just eating the cookie. Nice, <laughs> nice. Tease you all. <laughs> Greg, how's it going over there? Things are going pretty well over here. I had uh, some fun organizing my Animal Crossing cards over like the over for this last podcast. So um, that's a great thing to finally got through accomplished. <laughs> nice, nice. I have uh, not picked up any of those Animal Crossing cards yet, but I've also not booted up Animal Crossing in months. So uh, I don't feel like I'm miss really missing out. Um, sure and. Uh, I'm just going to refer to the chat, but I haven't told you about the chat yet. If you're new to the Nintendo Fuse podcast, uh, we have a live chat going on while we record this episode, uh, every episode pretty much. And um, Jared is in there right now and saying, you're making him hungry now because you've been talking about chicken sandwiches and uh, cookies there, Barry. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. What, what type of cookie? The world wants to know. Oh, it's sugar cookie. Sugar oh, okay. cookie. Okay. Nice. Nice. <laughs> cool. Choice was a chocolate chip. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to be jumping into all the Nintendo news in just a bit. We're going to be talking about what we've been playing and all that sort of thing. But uh, before we jump into that, we just want to ask you if you are new to the Nintendo Fuse podcast or uh, new to Nintendo Fuse as a whole, uh, be sure to subscribe here on YouTube. Be sure to uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast app wherever you're listening to this. Uh, be sure to check out NintendoFuse.com. Share uh, this podcast, share our uh, our YouTube channel, our website, and everything with other gamers that enjoy this sort of thing. Uh, that's it's a huge benefit to us, but also uh, we just really love growing this community. Um, we also have social media. If you've not joined us on in, uh, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, we're at Nintendo Fuse, and we're also on Discord. You can see the link on the screen and also going to be in our show notes in the YouTube description. So I uh, love being able to uh, connect with all of you uh, in between the episodes. So, yeah, we pretty much record this live every other Tuesday or sorry, Monday. We switched to Mondays like a couple months ago, and I'm still on Tuesday, apparently. So uh, every other Monday, uh, we record this live. And if you have not joined us for a live episode, be sure to do that. We record live at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 5.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time. And we absolutely love interacting with you all through the chat uh, throughout the whole the whole episode. So uh we got several people uh, that are in there already. I'm seeing a lot of people, Logan and Hiawata and Jared and Gyro Tiger and uh, Jakester's in there. Um, yeah, I think that's that's all of them right now. But lots of messages just like popping up like crazy. I, I can't keep up right now. Um, but uh, we'll refer to you guys as much as we can throughout the live episode. Right now, we're going to be uh, getting into what we've been playing recently. So be sure to let us know what you have been playing in the chat. And we'll uh, refer to that pretty soon as well. We'll kick us off. Uh, Barry, what have you been playing? Uh, yeah, still doing Animal Crossing and Pokemon Unite. Just doing the daily stuff. 
Uh, I'm amazed I'm still doing <laughs> Animal Crossing, to be honest, but uh, it's just something that my wife does, so I kind of do it with her, and it's just still doing daily stuff and just trying to collect the last of the DIYs. And unfortunately, Zipper's back in town, so the eggs are everywhere. And I'm having PTSD for the uh, you know the 2020 Easter event before they toned it down, and and you couldn't do anything without getting eggs and the air raids coming up, you know, over so <laughs> over skies. And uh, it was a crazy time to play. Uh, finished Rune Factory Five. That's what I was playing last time, and uh, much faster, much faster of a game versus the other ones. They seem to have streamlined the main story, and and even still, they they delay it. They're like, oh, here's a part of it. You have to wait till the next day to continue. Uh, you start the game on like spring six. Uh, it's four months, you know, for the four seasons, uh, and I finished on like summer seven. <clears throat> So I didn't even get to see anything in autumn, anything in winter. Uh, I didn't do a lot <clears throat> that I wanted to do. I never got married. Uh, no girl would even go on a date with me <laughs> due to the RNG. I was, I was terribly unlike, unlikable, I guess. <clears throat> but uh, it's a great game. Do I think Rune Factory 4 is better? Yes. Do, because, and, and I think that's mainly because of the um, Rune Factory 4 uses like a, a 16-bit 2D sprite. However, Rune Factory 4 does have a lot of RNG when it comes to progression of the story. And sometimes you have to wait an entire week or more just to get the next story mission to pop up. Rune Factory 5 is much more streamlined, but it's 3D. It's their first 3D game, and it does kind of look like a late N64, early PS2 uh, 3D game. So don't expect amazing vistas uh, at all. But the combat is fun. The story is fun. The characters are great. And uh, definitely recommend giving it a try if you've never played Rune Factory. Uh, it's Zelda meets Harvest Moon. A lot of fun. Uh, then I've also played Terror Bane, which we are going to be talking about in depth here shortly, so I'm not going to get into it. And I finally started on the PS5 what I had planned to start, uh, which was Horizon Forbidden West. I went and did Zero Dawn. I needed a little bit of a break. I got that break. And now I'm starting Zero uh, Forbidden West. And so far... I'm having a lot of fun. The accessibility is nice. Being able to see where you can climb is a big plus. It's still not totally responsive as I would like it to be. And for some reason, and this seems to be really be a Sony thing with their 3D uh, action-adventure games, you can't pull the camera back. <clears throat> like, I don't need the camera to be that close. Please, just, you give me all these accessibility mm. options that you win awards because you can do all this stuff. How about camera? Let me move the camera back a little bit. I don't need to be right up Aloy's butt. Like, please, huh. just, you know, a little bit back farther. I prefer, I prefer more aerial views in the 3D games, or at least to be farther back um, to see more. But um, I, I would just like that. But that's a, a minor nitpick. The game is so far very good. I, I have not officially gone to the Forbidden West. I'm, I'm on the quest to do that now because you do start in the East. Um, so, but, yeah, I am enjoying it. And if you like open-world games, then, of course... On the PC, speaking of games that do allow you to pull back, still playing Final Fantasy XIV, although I've been very busy this past week. I haven't, but 6.1 is being updated tonight as we speak, so tomorrow, uh, new story, new content, a lot of stuff I've been waiting for, so uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, for my limited time, Final Fantasy XIV and Horizon are really going to be mm -hmm. fighting, um, provided something else doesn't come out this week that it goes, oh my god, I shouldn't have started Horizon yet. <laughs> Nice. Uh, and then mobile, I'm for some reason I'm still playing Dragalia Lost. I'm still doing daily stuff, and you I'm still going through it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for the story to finish. 
Um, but it's just like habit. It's like I'm just doing it while I can. I know I, I got all the last summons they did, and the, you know, the anniversary event is ending, and it's bittersweet. They did they do um, like at the beginning of every month they do a this month in Dragalia Lost they put out like here's all the different events, and at the end of it it's like you know here's what we're doing in in, in May, in June, in July, and in August, uh, and this is going to be the last this month in Dragalia Lost, and I'm like. That's really sad. Like, <laughs> just like here's ev- here's everything else. How little we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna throw repeats at you, uh, and we're not gonna even take the time to give you a. Here's what this month is. So you can tell they're pretty much checked out, and uh, it's sad. But I'm still doing Mario Kart Tour as well, and I'm still having fun with that. And that's making Nintendo money, so I should be safe for a while. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> like I said, for a while. <laughs> for a while. We'll see. Yeah, for a while, of course. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the chat real quick. Uh, looks like uh, Hiawata has been playing mostly Pokemon Unite with the family. And uh, Jakester finished up uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus the other day. Thought it was just all right. Continuing Monster Hunter Stories 2. And now the final boss uh, doing Fire Emblem Three Houses and FGO. Uh, Ninja Lunchbox has been playing Earthbound Beginnings Terrorbane on his third run. Uh, and getting close to finding all the glitches. And uh, Super Cyborg and... Uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer and some Pac-Man 99. So he's been playing a lot. Gyro Tiger, uh, a lot of games in progress. Super Neptunia, our, our, the RPG NSW, uh, Sinran, yeah, K- Kagura. Is that how you pronounce that game? I don't know what that game is. Um, but also, uh, Triangle Strategy, <laughs> um, Ultra. Man, he has thrown a bunch of games that I can't pronounce. I am so sorry for that, Chira Tiger. You're going to have to put the pronunciation in the chat room. Um, <laughs> it was awful. Oh, that's a good game, actually. It, I'm U- sure Udo it is, but it's Numoro. hard to pronounce. What is that? Uh, I think it's Udowara Numoro or Mono or something. Sure, It's like yeah, a whole series of them. What you said. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's a fantastic game, but it's really hard to pronounce. Uh, and uh, several other people have been playing, uh, been playing Horizon as well. Uh, Romancing Saga. Uh, we've also got uh, the new Borderlands. Uh, just beat Kirby as well. And uh, yeah, so lots of games being played. Uh, Greg, what have you been up to? Well, let's just continue the Kirby train. Like, <laughs> um, I finished 100%ing it since the last podcast. Um, I had some doubts about completing that Ultimate Cup Z, but after Barry's tips, it, like, it kind of made it much of a cakewalk. And um, the wise Waddle D kept making it seem like it was better to do it without items and other like amiibos and everything like that. So I was kind of iffy if I was able to actually do it, but I just took the coward's way out. I'm like, you know what? I could just take this on with items. It's not that big of a deal, and it's actually unlocks stuff that I did want to complete. So, I mean, if I do want to ever go back and take the challenge on, I can always do that, and at least I have the final rewards to have it 100%. So, that was one heck of a game, and definitely looking forward to experiencing some of Kirby's other titles. I was going to be trying to look into the 3DS ones before those get taken offline forever. So um, that was could be definitely on my radar before uh, next month when that starts getting shut down. Let's see. Then other games I've been playing, um, I did dabble a tad into Animal Crossing this last weekend. Um, I did find more cards at the Target store, which I also posted about in our Discord, so I picked up, like, Raymond and, like, Audie, two of the most popular villagers, at least when the game was out. I don't know if they're still as um, popular nowadays, but 
I'm just happy to finally have them and actually kind of want them in my island. So I've been logging in just at least to try to get them to move in and kick out some of the ones that have been there for quite some time that I don't, haven't been talked to. They were scrutinizing me like, oh, where have you been the last two months? And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. that's just how that goes with that. Um, Terrabane, obviously, which we'll be talking about more in depth in a little bit. And then finally, um, due to my daughter's a newfound uh, reading ability she really got more into among us so like we played super hardcore this past weekend and she really enjoyed seeing like the chat and being able to like read like oh vote for this person vote for that person or um this person says they're like lying about this or the location of this is over there and can actually read like what tasks she's supposed to do and like it's just like such an eye-opener that she can actually understand <laughs> like what the game is about and what she can do and it's been that much more fun um, surprisingly, we haven't run into too many people like making the experience bad at all. So I've been very thankful to be participating in that with her as well. Like we're normally in the same room and we always like having that heads up that like we have two eyes on the same game. <laughs> and it's like, it's almost like a semi cheat code, like, oh, we know the imposter is this person because he killed me or she killed her or whatever. So it's, let's call it, it's just, that really is cheating, Greg, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just, <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure we're not the only ones to do oh, that. No. But, um, no, I've played with a group of people before, and I'm sure it's really annoying for like the one person that's not in our group. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> that I mean, also we takes did have the fun one. of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did have one epic game, like the very last one we did on Sunday. Um, pretty much I was using like this hat that kind of looked like Link's hat. It was like a green hat, like hat that looked the one that the classic link wears not obviously breath of the wild and then like i was green and then like this other guy just decided he wanted to be the other shade of green and then he put on that same hat and then my daughter thought it was kind of funny just to wear the same hat and then we had like like three or four other random people in the room changing to that hat and i was like i assembled like this little team here like <laughs> it was like so cool and one of them like, is the imposter <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it totally was because it was like, hey, the one with the person with the green hat killed me. And I'm like, well, I can't control who's the imposter. So that's brilliant. That's, a, just that's a great strategy there. <laughs> nice. I know that is kind of flattering that like everyone just started pretty much cosplaying <laughs> my character with like the, with, like, the link, link hat. But that was just one of those fun moments that you can't really replicate very often anyways. But yep. And then still had a fire hit. Emblem Heroes, the safest of the Nintendo mobile games from getting the axe. So um, I have really strongly debated getting Dragalia lost so I can at least see the end of the story. I did really like the story back then, and I think it was only around like chapter seven or eight, like when I last played it. And I was oh, wow, pretty yeah. shocked. I was pretty shocked to see the how high that up because it at least it felt like when I was playing, like they weren't really adding story segments very frequently at all. So I feel mm. like they must have just been dropping like five a month or something like since I stopped no, every, playing. Every but. month they've been doing it. Hmm. They, okay. they were doing it every other month for a while and then they started breaking up like mm. half every month. But uh, yeah, all the story gets really good. And that's one of the biggest things about these games disappearing. You don't get to experience a great yep. story. A Nintendo story. Yep. Yeah, so I've been strongly debating just like kind of see that story through. I mean, what turned me away was all that multiplayer content anyways, and obviously that's the part that's going to be basically gone when the game dies, so won't have to really focus too much on that and just spend the stamina on the story and not mindless grinds and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. Yep, that's, that's worth it. 
Yep, that's it for me, though. All right. Um, before I share, I'll go back to the chat. Uh, Woodman says Kirby was amazing. Um, Tyra Tiger also apologized for the complicated game list, <laughs> but he's a pretty niche gamer. Um, but uh, yeah, and and also I can't pronounce anything that's like not overtly <laughs> English. <laughs> yeah, like if it's not really clear English, I have no idea how to pronounce it. So uh, I'm <laughs> sure they're fantastic games. Don't let my pronunciation uh, derail you at all uh, from any of that. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of you guys are continuing to talk about all of that. Uh, the games as well. So keep up the chat going. Um, I've been playing uh, WRC uh, 10. So I've, I had, I didn't play nine, um, but I played eight uh, on switch. And so um, picked up uh, 10 for, um, I got it as a promo code or uh, um, review code um, for the game and been playing that. Um, it, it, it's an, an interesting game. It's because it's more of a racing sim. Um, it's like an off-road racing sim and like, it's like, somewhat tough to control it looks it looks okay it looks just like like they're trying to up res 720 is what it looks like so it's not awful but it's like compared to what modern games like especially racing games look like like it should look better so but it's not it's not horrible um but honestly the worst thing about that game is the is not the game itself it's it's that it's on switch because the controller doesn't have um analog triggers like it's really tough to play a racing sim without analog triggers because I want to be able to control the amount of acceleration that I can give the car and it's all or nothing with, uh, with the pro controller or actually any controller on switch. So that's really unfortunate. Um, but the game's fun. I would just say, get it on a different system that has analog triggers, uh, on the controllers. Um, and then, uh, but playing Terra Bane, we'll just talk about that in just a second. And, um, Rocket League, of course. And I always forget to announce, uh, to mention this, but I still play Clash Royale like quite a bit on, on mobile as well. Um, and, uh, trying to just max out everything now. So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm surprised you haven't jumped into Life is Strange 2 yet. <laughs> I haven't yet. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like, like, I know that it's going to be, you know, one of those games that I'm going to not want to put down. So I'm trying to find a good chunk of time that I can dedicate to just trying to play through all of it. That's that's the problem. Like lately, I've only got like 30 minutes here or there to be able to play. Um, and uh, so that's that's what I really want to do is just like play for like an entire day and just go through the story because it a lot of times it hurts to like put it down I'm like i want to know what's going on in the story but i it's like binging <laughs> a really good show it's like i don't want to stop but i need to sleep or i need to go to work or i need to eat or whatever you know um so that's that's kind of what it's like so i'm trying to find a, a good timing for for all that <laughs> Oh, but uh, yeah, let's let's jump into this game chat uh, for for this episode, and that's Terrorbane. And uh, Barry, how about you kick us off and uh, let's let's talk about this game? Absolutely. So Terrorbane just came out on April first, twenty twenty two. It was uh, Bit Nine Studios as the developer and uh, published by Whisper Games. This is a single player action adventure role playing puzzle very unique experience um, that has a, a wonderful aesthetic, a very, you know, 16-bit uh, graphical aesthetic, uh, a lot of depth, a lot of humor, and a lot of Easter eggs. 
And uh, I guess it's it's kind of like comparing it to like games like Undertale, like in a subcategory of these, you know, unique titles that do something different. They don't they take the formula and they kind of throw it out the window, and they expect you to play the game due to the formula, and that's not exactly the way to play the game. Uh, so I say let's go over to uh, Greg. Uh, why don't you start off and talk about your experience with Terrorbane. Sure. So um, I had a lot of fun with it. It really reminded me of like a Axiom Virgin in a sense because it like, the, like, uses like glitches and like stuff as part of the actual gameplay. But obviously that was used in a much different way than this. It was just, I was just making the comparison of just like using glitch to have as a game mechanic. And I really like the way that they kind of used it here so it's like you can be trying to interact with certain people and certain objects and then it'll be like oh wait like this is broken and they like call it a game bug and then there's like this pseudo developer council thing that like comes up as part of the storyline and it's really cool to be like oops i forgot to fix this or oh you shouldn't be able to do that or um i was too lazy to fix this like you're not supposed to find that and like it was really cool like how they work that into the exploration thing and it felt really rewarding to like find all these different like ui elements that were obviously purposely designed to be that way and it was just a very interesting take and very cool element to the story and i was really enjoying my time with it so far and it will definitely be a game that i will be continuing to play as the time goes on um the soundtrack and the gameplay was all really flawless and it's almost like a retro rpg kind of style game that has a story and exploration and stuff. And I just had so much fun playing it so far and I really want to get further into it. I mean, it's gets pretty crazy with like, you could just have like a pack of pa- like a crate of pairs, like join your party and stuff. Like it's like really silly and really great. Like the ideas that they put into this game, it's a lot of fun. I couldn't agree more. Steve, what about you? Uh, how's your experience with it? And then I'll go last. It's really interesting uh, to hear you guys talk about it and praise the game so much because I did not like it. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought I, I think the the concept is really interesting. I, I love like where they're going with it. Um, but I felt I felt like I felt like it was too crazy and like there wasn't enough like I wasn't in uh, any section long enough, and I and maybe because I, I made decisions that accidentally like made me fly through the game a little faster. I don't know, and then I got stuck on some sections that just kept repeating. Like there's some areas where I was just like progressing super fast, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess we're just moving on to the next style of game or whatever." And then I had one section where it just kept repeating and repeating and repeating. And I was like, what in the world's going on? And it was really difficult to beat some of the, the RPG uh, matches and stuff like games, because especially when it started glitching out. And I was just like, what do I do in this instance? And then, and finally I got through that and then I had to rebuild the game. But then there was like, there was an area like, a cl- like one thing you have to do and it was not obvious at all. I, I clicked everything and I finally had to go to the internet and was like, okay, wh- someone else, please put a, a playthrough on there so I can see what to do. And there was like this one little card on a little menu that I had to click the drag around. I'm like, 
I had no idea it was there. Everything else was like pretty <laughs> obvious except for that thing. And I was like, there's no way to get past it. So like, I felt like it wasn't even like it was all over the place. And like some of that is by design, I know, but like it was a little too crazy for me to actually enjoy it. And I know you can go back and play it over and over and over again. I don't want to go back and play it over and over again. I don't want to find all the glitches because it was too crazy for me. And uh, yeah, so it's interesting, like how how this game can be polarizing even among the three of us. So that's my thoughts. Yeah. See, I fell in love with this game because, you know, I'm, uh, you know, being being an older school gamer, uh, I remember the days uh, when, you know, the internet in its infancy, you know, learning how to code HTML and, and how websites work. And there used to be a website, I couldn't tell you the name of it now, but pretty much it had all these puzzles. And all these puzzles were like, it, w- it would give you a question or it might give you an answer and you had to figure out the question. And that was it on the page. And like, what is what do I do here? And you actually had to go like into the source code of the page and figure out and piece together. And it was like really crazy stuff. And it really had you think outside the box to solve these really cool puzzles. And I always loved that. I loved that idea of let's take something that you know and really stretch it uh, and make you think. Let's Let's make you think, oh, it's easily go right. And then, no, no, it's not. And like the the area you're talking about with the card, the little tiny card, I found the card, but then I, I couldn't figure out like, what do I do? How do I, how do I get this last thing? Because you had to build three things. Mm-hmm. And then when I figured it out, because I had to go to the desktop and I had to move things around, I'm like, oh, that's genius. Like, mm-hmm. that's so cool. Like, I never thought about doing that. And I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but this is one of those games where I beat it. It took me about three or so hours to beat the game. And I was like, all right. But then I looked at the bug list because there's all these bugs. And each chapter has three versions. And they're very different, the chapters. So I went back and, you know, I saw things the second playthrough that I never saw. Like Mm -hmm. the first playthrough, I went through a text adventure that Mm -hmm. other people might not have ever experienced the text adventure. Uh, The second playthrough... You know, I wound up doing what, what we were talking about the, with the credit card. I didn't do that in my first playthrough at all. That's interesting. You know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of different ways to experience and what to do. And there, there's even some, like, one of the, one of the crazy things to get a, a weird thing is, is in, the, in the second area, if you leave town, which you may not even want to leave town, but you could leave town, and there's a map to explore. And like you can go and there's like this evil like evil den and they're looking for power and you can go take one of the power items and just walk over and give it to them and you rule the world like that's one of the endings and it's like well like that's cool that they threw that in there um, a lot of a lot of quirky stuff there's a lot to explore there's a lot to see the RPG battles are very very unique they're they're like uh, I don't know they're like in in one chapter they're very standard RPG fare. Um, but in another chapter, they're very, very, very different. And I don't want to say how or why. But from what I, and I haven't gotten to this yet, when you get enough bugs, because the idea that the purpose of the, the, the game is to show the developer that there's enough bugs that the game is broken, you actually get a brand new chapter with oh, that's a, the same length as the other chapters with the, the true ending and everything going on. So there is a lot of depth to this. It, it does take replayability, but you will see some really crazy ideas. 
and sometimes you have to have per, you know certain items and 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 you know steve when i said that the text adventure i saw you nodding mm-hmm. and and i have a feeling you got it the same way i got it you got a, a, an item and then the whole world kind of just got destroyed yep is that right yeah see i did that my first playthrough and then the second playthrough you know i was talking and talking with uh, our newest reviewer uh who did a written review, uh, Lunchbox. So definitely check out his written review. It's on NintendoFuse.com. And he was telling me, oh, I didn't have that because I I, I put an object in, in that spot. And I'm like, like Indiana Jones thinking, like, where'd you get that object? And sure enough, there was an object that I never interacted <laughs> with, and it's there. And it's a crazy, interesting battle to do that. And then you, you and when you do that, you change the whole game. <laughs> like the whole game takes a whole different direction. And that's the kind of thing. This game, some chapters you could beat very quickly. Some chapters could take you a little while. But it's, you know, to me, it's so unique. It's so Hmm. different that it stands on its own. It does not try and emulate other games in no sense. I mean, Mm -hmm. it it definitely pays homage to a lot of games with uh, there's a lot of Easter eggs and callbacks and references to other more mainstream games. But it definitely does things uh, unique. Um, Greg, what we what would you say was your highlight from your experience? I really had a lot of fun with like trying to find some of the bugs. To be honest, like I like left town and then like I w- was immediately like in like water and like was falling <laughs> yes. down into like, a whirlpool or whatever. And like that was just like so completely absurd. Like is that that they call that a bug or whatever? But it was like. Just like the crazy ideas that you just like see, and I've just spent like exploring the town as much as I can, and like everything just keeps getting more and more like crazy. Like to me, that's a huge highlight just to see like they're not playing by any of these normal like bound like rules and stuff, and like it's pretty much anything goes kind of thing. And like you can't really expect like anything to work the way it's supposed to, and it's just I don't know. I think that's part of the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And I only played for about an hour or two, but it sounds like I really need to be buckling down more if you can beat it in like three hours. But like, I was pretty much square. <laughs> like I was just like a uh, wandering that first town, like going like all the way, right. All the way back to the left, all the way, like go up a little mm-hmm. bit, all the way to the right, all the way to the left. And like, it's really cool. It's like, I really try to take my time with it and explore every inch that I can. <laughs> That's so interesting. So cu- cutting out the time where I was just frustrated and left it on the pause screen because I couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, if you cut out that time, I actually finished it in under two hours. Hey, so, okay. yeah. So, like, I think I think that was the case. Like, I wasn't – I was just, like, progressing and not knowing why I was progressing. And, like, all of a sudden things would just happen. And so that – like I, that was a little too sporadic for me. I was like, I, I don't even get to explore this one world before I'm thrown in another one. And I don't even know what's you going can. on. I can, but I didn't, but I was accidentally moving from one to the <laughs> next, sometimes progressing, even not even knowing, like wanting to progress. But all of a sudden I did something that made me move on to the next world or next level or whatever you call this, because it's so it's not linear. Like you would think it would be. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think I, I really, I'll say this again because I I love what you guys are saying. Like I love the concept of it. I love that it doesn't it doesn't you know hold by. It's not bound by all the you know the rules of other video games and stuff like that. I just don't know if it's it's not where it needs to be for me. But I still I absolutely love the concept. It's one of those things where every every chapter, like if you get through a chapter and you feel you've done everything in the chapter, you didn't. Because especially if you go to the bug list and you only see one of those, 
uh, spots there, and you didn't see the other. You, you didn't. <laughs> there's there's quite a lot to these chapters, and they're quirky and they're unique. And if you accidentally progress like Steve did, uh, you can go back to the chapter and say, well, if I did A, this is what happened. So I know not to do A now. Let me go explore and see what else I could find. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I found a lot of the charm. Like I found charm my first playthrough, but I really fell in love going back. And uh, when talking to the developer, he said that was the 100% biggest hurdle they had to deal with is getting people to go back in after they finished their first run because well, there's think, so much more to the game. Yeah, and I think I think it's really helpful, honestly, to know that from the very beginning because I went into it with just standard video game playing mindset. Like, I want to progress to the end. I want to beat this game. That's probably not the kind of mindset you need to have going into this. Um, and if you do, you might be disappointed like I was. Um, but if you can free yourself from that, I could see how you could really enjoy it a lot more. For example, the opening scrawl is actually part like a chapter. It's one of the chapters in it. There's three ways to do the scroll. Did you guys discover all three ways to do the scroll? I just let it play the whole way through. Okay. What about you, Greg? I found I could walk into the darkness and then all of a sudden like it like reloaded the same like room or whatever. Like I went to the, the, the writer scroll. I'm, I'm talking the openings. Oh, that I thought you were talking about the level that came after that. Um, no, 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 I only I just let it play. I saw I could skip okay. it, but I, I I'm a sucker for reading the story, and <laughs> so, which uh, is really really confusing, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I really wanted to skip it so many times. I'm like, <laughs> nope, I'm probably supposed to let so, it watch this so, whole thing. But then, it's but then not- I did trigger something like it let me like it. Then it said like, oh, your punishment is to watch the opening sequence again, <laughs> and then like it started playing the story, and then I like, okay, well, I already read this. I hit skip, but then like the skip button was like, oh, sorry, you can't skip this, and then like, like <laughs> zoomed like playing like the opening. Was, <laughs> yes, that's yes. how crazy it is. <laughs> so, so to show how crazy, like I did the same thing. I, I let it play the first time. Uh, and that's one way to do it. The second way is to to skip it and and, and skip, skip it. And the developer yells at you and and forces you, says, no, you're going to watch it again. And now there's different glitches that are happening during it. And then if you skip it a second time, he gets even more mad at you and it reloads a third version of the scroll where even more crazy stuff happens. And there's all these new bugs that you have to get. And he's yelling at you the whole time. And it's it's hilarious. And that's just the opening scroll. And wow. it's, it's funny because, like you said, you, you want to get through it and it was ridiculous and it was ridiculous on purpose to try and get people to test your patience and try and get people to skip it and then you get yelled at and then you're forced to watch it again it's hilarious because it really is that fourth wall breaking and it plays on these tropes and that's Mm -hmm. just the tiniest bit i don't want to spoil anything else that's just like the tiniest little bit to know what you're getting into in this game Mm -hmm. because it is absolutely crazy and it is fourth wall breaking and it is just a unique experience that's it you have to go into it this is a unique experience this isn't a typical role-playing game or an action game it's more a puzzle game than anything else really if you think about it yeah Uh, and 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 don't go (laughs) by by that opening story that's i think that's why i thought i was like oh okay i'm supposed to save this world or whatever no that's not the point of the game um but (laughs) uh but that's what i thought it was um the whole time and but it's like, yeah, that opening scroll, it, what it reminded me of is the, I don't know if you guys know, I've heard like jokes or I'll put it in quotes, jokes that um, just go on and on and on build, building. And then all of a sudden yeah. this happens, then this happens. That's kind of what I, I thought of when I was like, this is re- getting ridiculous. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but it's genius. Yeah. <laughs> it really is genius the way mm -hmm. it works. Uh, yeah, so so for those that are, are interested, Terrorbane is available digitally on the Switch. Uh, it's also on Steam. On the Switch, it's normally $15.99. Right now, it's actually on sale. 10% off, it's $14.39. Um, we'll go to you, Greg. Would you recommend this uh, to people at that price or, or go away for sale or not at all? Um, I kind of, if you're saying like you can pretty much go through the entire game in just like a few hours and you just need to do a few playthroughs, it does seem it's like a little bit on the pricier side. So I would almost think like a sale would be better unless you're fine replaying like the game multiple times. Um, obviously if you have the mindset that Steve was describing, just like you want to just be one and done to go through it, then I don't think this would be the game for you. But if you're one that wants to like, find every single thing then i definitely think it would probably be worth it if and then most definitely if it was on like a sale or some kind i think this one definitely has like an asterisk tied to it depending on how much time you are willing to put into it hmm. okay steve what about you <clears throat> now that you've heard everything as well. right right i i think i know like knowing what all went into the game and know how knowing how creative it is and all that stuff i i see why the the fifteen ninety nine price tag like this is this is a lot of work and a lot of effort that went into creating this whole thing so I understand the price um, but I will definitely say that I will only recommend it with a caveat of if this sounds really interesting to you and intriguing to you then then check out this game um, if this sounds annoying to you it's going to be annoying to you and you should stay away but if this is like I, I think I want to check this out. Then trust your instincts on that. Um, I'd say so. This is because this is definitely not a game for everyone. No. Yeah, that's I can I was agree with that. My... Yeah. yeah, I was I was going to say I could agree with that. I think it's absolutely worth the price if you're looking for something that is completely different. If this sounds exciting to you and you're going into the mindset of I want to try and collect all the bugs, I'm going to go through it multiple times because it's not terribly long to go through it. And and you don't have to recollect the bugs. Let me put it out there. If you're trying to go for all the bugs, you go you get let's say 10 bugs in your first playthrough in one chapter. When you go back to that chapter, those 10 bugs you can read them, but you don't get credit again. So the credits are already saved. So you can kind of skip them and and we'll try to find new bugs. Um, and I like that. I like that it's not like, oh, you have to get them all in one playthrough because it's impossible. You have to do it multiple times. Uh, so that is absolutely something uh, to, to factor in. But if that's something that excites you, if that's something that, you know, you know, really sounds up your alley and you like fourth wall breaking, you know, out there games, uh, this game will completely break the fourth wall on you because you are not actually playing Terrorbane. You are playing the player playing Terrorbane. And that's weird. You are playing yourself in this game, playing Terrorbane, which is really, really a cool concept. Um, I do also want to do a quick disclaimer that we were all provided codes uh, for this review uh, by the, the, uh, the developer. So thank you very much, uh, Bit9 Studios. Uh, also want to do a quick uh, call out to uh, our newest member on the team, Lunchbox, who did post a written, uh, written review. So please check that out at NintendoFuse.com. And I also want to say we've got a giveaway with the, from the developers because they were so nice. We've got a code for Terrorbane that we will be doing uh, on Twitter. And we will be launching that on Twitter uh, later tonight or tomorrow whenever Steve is able to get that up. Uh, so please uh, look forward to that, and you might be able to win yourself a copy of Terrabane for yourself to explore and, and, and try and, and see how you like it. And then if you do win and you play, please let us know, because I'm curious your thoughts on the game. 
Cool. Cool. All right. Yeah. And people are kind of uh, jumping around, having different thoughts on this game. And I think that's I think that's the nature of it. It, it really is. It can be polarizing. It can people have different experiences with it. And um, I'm interested to see, yeah, what everybody else says about their experience, too. I just spent so long in that first level. I guess I, <laughs> that's where all my time went. And I, like, I was what I think I might, might have skipped a chapter even because I feel like in my next bug thing list, it like, there was a whole thing that was not even populated. And then the one after that was like getting populated with hmm. ones I was finding. So you, you like, might have found a skip. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, I was yeah, skipping but, all over the place. It was, it was kind of crazy. So, yeah, what's, was, oh, go ahead. Yeah. It's, still a great game i would still recommend it i just know it's not all games are for everyone and that's what <laughs> i was trying to get at with my recommendation but yeah yep. cool uh, well let's jump into the news uh for this episode and uh yeah we're gonna start off with some news that uh, i've got to admit i thought we had already heard this news when it came out um but i guess it was just the digital version was or the uh, in-person version was canceled i yeah. guess before and now it's the both like the entire thing so e3 2022 has been officially canceled um so they're not going to try to do a, a digital version of this the um, digital e3 is not going to happen this year for 2022 um and uh yeah the they have went on record the esa has has released this following statement um that we will down uh devote all of our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital e3 experience next summer whether enjoyed from the show uh, show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023-2023 uh, showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience. We look forward to presenting E3 to fans around the world live from Los Angeles in 2023. So, uh, yeah, first of all, I just want to get your initial thoughts, and then we can kind of discuss this a little bit further, but... What are you guys thinking about this news? What was your first reaction to uh, to seeing this come out? What do you think, Barry? I, I'm with you. Um, I saw that the physical was canceled, and I was like, all right, we'll at least the digital again. And I know some people are like, ah, E3 is dead. We don't need it, blah, blah, blah. To me, I'm sad. Like, I know E3 isn't the magical thing it used to be, uh, and that sucks. But it's still a special time for me. It's a special time time for uh for gamers i think and uh the indie developers you know they they feel this the most because this is a time when all media you know mainstream media as well as games media and and a lot of gamers are giving attention and they get that attention on their game uh and that's that's big that is big and they lose that and it sucks it really does suck for them, and uh, I'm I'm upset. I look forward to it. I really hope Nintendo at least does a does an E3 presentation or a June Direct. But they and, and it almost feels like E3 kind of forced their hand. Like we we're going to do a June Direct. We we're going to do uh, a Treehouse, and they had the, they had to really bring it right. Like E3 Direct always had to be like big. They you know, it was the big who's going to win E3. 
Uh, now, without that, they technically don't have to give us a June Direct when they would normally. They don't have to work, make it you know, big or worry about being any type of big spectacle. Uh, they don't have to give us a treehouse with in-depth presentations and stuff. Uh, and I think we lose. You know, If they do give us that, that's great. But now there's no pressure. So I'm glad that the ESA is planning on coming back next year bigger and better. Uh, I really hope they follow through with that. Um, but who knows? You know, yeah. 2021 could have been the last E3, and that makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Greg, what do you think? I am pretty much f- same in line with Barry. I mean, it really does suck. I mean, it was a time where it was to be really excited to see what a lot of the publishers and companies are working on and various games. I mean, I know I've been primarily like Nintendo like focused like all these over the years, but it still kind of was nice to kind of listen to see what like Microsoft and Sony were kind of up to, even though I was not going to be following any of that along. And like it was nice just to have like a one time a year where it was basically Christmas in June for us gamers. It was like, here's what's coming the rest of the year and here's what's coming in the even the years to come for other companies. I mean, I know Nintendo is more concerned with just whatever that over the next year before the next D3 for the most part. But um, it was really nice to have all those things to look forward to. And as Barry also was saying, I really hope that Nintendo still does hold like an event. I mean, I know they pretty much have made it more of a direct over these last like four or five years. They only made it more of like a higher showing one, at least those first few years. It was a digital event where they actually had like a, they actually called it the whatever Nintendo's digital press conference event. And they had like the different skits and all that stuff, what they've done for Smash Brothers and like the, different parodies of other things going on but um definitely more recently it was just more like a upgraded nintendo direct and like it'd be kind of a shame just to kind of lose that and go back into these like ghost like modes where like just like uh, origami king like oh here's a tweet like oh this game's coming like oh that would have been <laughs> nice to have in like a direct like but mm-hmm. i don't know i mean it would be really great to hope they continue going that forward, but it'd be nice if they at least would give us like an announcement if they're planning on doing that. Cause normally this time of year, they would say like, Oh, here's Nintendo's like press cover, like coverage. Like, Oh, we'll have like the digital event or whatever at 11 AM, like a uh, central time. And here's, and then mm-hmm. we'll follow it up with Treehouse and all that other stuff. So it yeah. will just be kind of an interesting few weeks to know what, if they're going to be doing anything or not, or if they'll have been announcing anything at this point either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't really actually think about it until you guys mentioned it. You know, what, what is the direct impact on Nintendo? I just assumed that they would go forward and that that's a, that's a totally, you know, empty assumption. I have no reason to believe that they would continue to go forward with uh, having their, you know, E3 presentation. Um, in fact, I think, you know, I I, I kind of tend to agree with what you guys are saying. I don't know why they would necessarily, unless they just want to honor, you know, the us, the gamers. Um, uh, from a company standpoint, you know, it's it's probably freeing for them to go, hey, we don't have to abide by this schedule anymore. Like we can do this when we're ready, and that's it. And uh, and so I guess in a way that could be good. But I'm I'm thinking, you know, we don't get anything at all this year like you guys are saying is probably what's going to happen and it's going to be spread out we'll have a couple nintendo directs when they're ready to release them then that's it 
I, I'm going to say, while they don't have to, I still think they're going to. And I think mm -hmm. the reason is that they planned on it. So the, the, the plan was already in place to do it. Like, I have a feeling Nintendo has figured out their directs. Because remember, like, like Greg was talking about where we didn't even have directs. I think they figured it out to three times a year. You have the early January, February, March direct. You have the June direct for E3. And then you have like the September, October direct at the end of the year. And maybe some little ones in between. And that seems to work. I mean, I would prefer them more more frequently. But, you know, three 45-minute directs filled to the brim with some great stuff. That's awesome. Plus the other stuff on, on the side. Uh, so I think they are still planning because it's not like it's all right, good. It's canceled. Now we don't have to do that. Um, they might not be as big with the treehouse. Maybe they won't do the treehouse. They'll cancel mm -hmm. the treehouse. But I do think they're still going to give a, a June direct because the last direct we had was only spring. Right. I mean, they had some some stuff for the end of the year, mm -hmm. like Xenoblade 2. But the whole thing with the whole focus was spring. And the reason it was spring is because they were planning for a summer direct, which would be E3. So I still think we will get one this year. But if E3 leaves the schedule, there's nothing saying Nintendo has to keep up with that schedule. That's Hopefully they do. But there's yeah. nothing saying they won't. Yeah. Jeff Keighley might push for it. So you know, yeah, have, there's some hope <laughs> there, I guess. <laughs> um, go into the chat real quick. Uh, Jakester says, not surprised um, that if it was a digital event, um, would have been as bad as last year. Um, Hayawada says, the best part of the news is that... Uh, they canceled in order to focus on bringing it back next year. Expect it to be really big next year. Um, also, Gyro Tiger uh, says um, it's a big blow to the smaller developer developers and publishers, but hoping for the big three uh, to release more frequent showcases to compensate for uh, some of the lost publicity. Um, yeah, I, I've been, that is a, another thing to think about. You know, this is going to have an impact on the developers and publishers as well. Um, that's huge. So I, I'd love to think like just. Of course, speculating here, um, we have no idea what's going on. But if they are coming back in 2023, um, I'll be honest, before we jump into this, like it shocks me that they weren't ready for 2022 because we didn't have a standard, you know, A3 in 2020 or 2021. So why couldn't they be ready if for something in 2022, I guess why I, I don't know why it's taking three years for them to come back. They've had some time to prep now. Granted, they haven't been back in the office, I guess, together the whole time, but people have figured out how to continue your business moving forward at this point of the pandemic. Um, even if you can't be in person all the time. So like, I don't know. And like, why, why they have to put this off and which only makes me speculate a little bit in a negative way, I guess, and be skeptical if they actually are going to be coming back in 2023, I know they hope to, they want to, but could this be the end of E3 altogether? Um, because I don't know, like we've talked about a lot of different ways that they could make, you know, events like this. Great. Um, it, doing the digital and the physical and together and all roped in together. But if they haven't figured it out yet, like, I don't know, is it, is it going to come back? And are people even going to care at that point? Because it's been three years. I don't know. What do you think, Barry? You know, I think that's a good point. Um, I'd like to think that people will care. And I think the pe the majority of people who will care will be us, the older gamers. Because the newer gamers, you know, let's say they're 10 now. You know, they started gaming maybe when they were 6, 5, 4. They really weren't paying attention to E3 in those ages. And the last three years, they had 2021 as an online only, maybe they maybe they tuned in for it, but it wasn't anything 
it wasn't anything for them. It wasn't uh, like a ritual or custom versus those of us that have been watching or, or at least reading about E3 in, in magazines since 95. You know, I remember like the EGM articles or the Game Informer when that came out. And it was just like page after page of what you saw because there was no internet. And then, of course, once it started getting broadcast, you know, it was a big deal and it, it became a cultural thing. It was on TV, Spike used to show it on TV, you know, USA Today would write articles and talk about video games. It was like, this is a big thing. So for, you know, 20 something years, we all grew up with E3 as this is it. For the newest generation, you know, they, they don't have those magic moments. They don't have those meme moments. They don't have the nostalgia. Even if they go back and watch some of the best moments of E3 in the past, there's no nostalgia there. So that's the biggest sell. If they can get it back into the minds of the youngest generation of gamers, then I think they're fine. If they can't capture that audience, then E3 will be dead because while we'll still love it, we're we're as much as we hate to admit it we're we're starting to leave their target demographic yeah i mean most most games are you know the target demographic is say 13 to to 30 or 13 to 40 and it's like we're we're leaving that demographic here soon <laughs> and then you know we'll still be avid gamers of course and there's plenty of avid gamers that are post 40 um but they don't give a crap because we're not making up the majority at that point and that's the sad thing. Yeah, that's true. Greg or uh, Barry, you're making me feel old. Uh, <laughs> but so <laughs> is Jakester in there saying, Jakester saying <laughs> his first E3 was 20, 2015. And I'm oh thinking, well, that was just the other day. Oh, gosh, yeah. that was that was seven years ago. Wow. Uh, I remember 95 <laughs> reading about it. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> Greg, which do you remember off the top of your head? Which E3 did we go to together? Was was that? It was either 2013 or 14, whatever okay. it was, like Smash Bros for Wii U's, like main highlight yeah that was because it was, was like fun. when it was like it was like when Mega Man was announced and it was when um we fit trainer was announced because we were on the right. show floor when they showed the we fit trainer yeah. um, video was that their first time not doing an actual presentation I think it might have been yeah because yeah. we were because we were so confused about what to do. all about it yeah yeah yeah, because I went there with Mickey a couple years. I think I did one myself and maybe one or two with Mickey. And it was still a traditional, you know, thing. And I was there when they, you know, did the whole Wii U announcement and all that oh, fun, <laughs> you know, Nintendo Land stuff and all that other junk that happened. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, I was also there when they announced the 3DS. And that was really cool to play in person for the first time and um, be amazed and everything by that. Um, but yeah, I remember like Greg's like, you know, so what's going on? I was like, I actually, even though I've been here several times, I have no idea because they're not doing it the traditional way. So I have, I have no clue what to expect. Um, and that was so like bug laden with the oh, latency on that stream. It was terrible. It that was, and then our, our hotel internet was awful too. So we thought Super Mario 3D World was a 3DS game because it looked so like pixelated on our, my phone that I was trying to watch the presentation on. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> So anyhow, Greg, what do you think about uh, all this? Like, did you, are they actually going to be able to come back? Are they going to be able to put something together that will make people excited about E3 again? I mean, it's really hard to say. I mean, I know like that costs like tons of money to like hold these events. And like, obviously there's like the big 
like health scares and stuff because there's obviously people coming in from even other countries along with all across like the United States of all the different journalists and everybody that travels to the show. So I understand it's like it's a pretty big like world exposure thing and obviously anything that's like the pandemic you don't want to be sending it like to any parts of the world where these people are from either but like it also is a ton of money just to like reserve the event and have all like it's a huge tourist hit with everyone coming in town and visiting and everything so i do understand that and like a lot of things especially with like COVID is now more been like digital. So um, it would be nice if they could at least keep like an E3 digital thing kind of going forward for companies to do it, at least for us gamers for to have like news and at least like an outlet just to kind of tune in. I still think that's like kind of like the best thing you could kind of hope for these days. Um, I don't know about a return to a conference center. They might realize that it's maybe not worth all that time and planning to pursue going down the road. I'd, don't know i would really hate to see that because it's great to be able to build connections with like other people and seeing other people you know and all that kind of fun stuff like it was incredible to hear um charles martinet to talk as mario when me and you were there steve like mm-hmm. that's like an awesome memory that like it's really cool to be able to like oh there's the completionist over there and there's so and so from this channel over there it's like that's a great way to make connections and that's a lot how like studios can have like meetings together to get like games planned out and like oh like people can ask nintendo can i use star fox ip in this game and then like a lot of those meetings happen because of stuff at like e3 just Mm -hmm. because everybody's all together and it's a lot easier to plan around that so obviously that's a huge downside if they're not going through with that in the future so Mm -hmm. um i do understand that the digital part is at least the easiest to maintain because then it's like they can still show to have different time slots for whatever Nintendo to air their video and different for Sony and Microsoft to air theirs and EA and square like square Enix and everything else like that. But I think there's should be a lot lost by not having like the in-person meetings and Mm -hmm. chances to talk with fellow developers and players and gamers alike. So yeah, obviously I don't want it to go away, but I understand like it could be just a cost thing that might not be worth to hold on to. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I, I would say it has to be like twenty twenty three or nothing at all. Like I couldn't see it going one more year without having anything, and then it actually have any sort of life unless they're completely redoing it, rebranding, new new push with a brand new thing. But to uh, to let it go that long, like it's got to be big because I think that's the thing what you were saying, Greg. Like it couldn't be that difficult to put you know a schedule together, collect all the trailers, collect all the videos, and push them out and publish them at the right time. Like a simple online strategy couldn't be that difficult. And at the same time, like booking the the venue, having it all in person is not that difficult to pull off either. It's mon- it's more money, but it's not difficult to pull that off because it's easy. You make appointments in person, everything just happens. Um, but if they are strategizing around trying to do something that incorporates both physical and digital into something brand new, maybe they do need three years to put their ideas together and be able to pull this off like really, really well. So like, I guess I'm just saying it better be really, really good in 2023 (laughs) Um, because if it's not, uh, I could see it also dying in that way. 
if if they don't capture that younger audience like Barry's talking about as well, if it doesn't really go off like crazy good, um, it could die after 2023 um, as well. Absolutely. Well, one thing that has been happen, happening, uh, even in the middle of all this, is uh, another expo um, that can, is just plugging away and continuing the whole digital thing. So, Barry, tell us about this uh, this other event that just happened on March 31st. Yeah, so, you know, we, people talking in the chat around Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest and all that stuff. Um, we saw in 2020 when E3 was canceled, a lot of other showcases came about though there was the wonderful direct and the summer game fest and one of them was the ngbx new games plus expo uh which started in 2020 they came back in 2021 <clears throat> and they're back again in 2022 and it just happened uh march 31st and there was a ton of games that were shown off uh including like 16 games for the switch and we're just going to go through the switch games um uh, but there were other games shown off for other systems uh you got kamiwaza way of the thief which comes to the switch in fall 2022 you have underworld dreams which is coming to the switch in spring 2022 uh unsold uh, is in spring 2022 dust diver 2 is coming in 2022 that actually has an asian english release right now but it will be coming here to the states uh samurai bringer is coming April 21st, 2022. Uh, one I'm super excited about is your Striker Gunvolt 3 is coming on July 28th, 2022. Amnesia Memories and Amnesia Later Cross Crowd. Uh, two games are coming in summer 2022. Um, Virashana is later this year. Phantom Breaker Omnia is now available. The Courier comes in 2022. Uh, Hori Hugh and Friends is on June 16th of this year. Skull, the Hero Slayer, is available now, and the physical is also available. Uh, Jack Jean is uh, spring 2023. It's next year. Pocky and Rocky Reshrined, brand new Pocky and Rocky game, is coming June 24th of this year. The Last Friend comes on April 21st of this year with a demo available now. And they capped it all off with Prinny Presents NIS Classics Volume 3. Volume 2 is not even out yet, and Volume 3 was announced, uh, which is La Pucelle Ragnarok and Rhapsody of Musical Adventure, and that's coming this summer, which is a huge, huge group of games. Uh, many of these are, are niche Japanese studios, but big ones that, you know, bigger for this uh, category. NIS America, Axis, Way Forward, stuff like that, like really... Uh, you know, great studios that are just doing some really fantastic things. And there've been, you know, big support. And after the showcase, there was, uh, you know, uh, they streamed each, each studio had different segments where they showed off some stuff. Um, uh, what about you guys? Did you guys get a chance to watch this? Any of these games stand out to you and go, Oh yeah, you know what? That, that is definitely something I'm interested in giving a shot. I'll let you go for it, Greg. Um, I actually didn't get a chance to complete watching it, but um, a few of the ones that I did um, look at, like the, I think it was the Courier and like the Samurai Bringer were two of the big ones that looked the most interesting to me. Um, I'm trying to get caught up on the last few that were coming to Switch, but there were some other ones that looked like they were a lot of fun that weren't in that list, unfortunately, but so. Um, they might come later on. <laughs> Yeah, there's always that hope. So, I mean, there's a number of these like did look pretty interesting, but I'm not like into like the high speed one, like the one that's playing right now. Like that was one that seemed kind of interesting at first, but then I have discovered I don't really like the super fast paced like action 
type games as much as like some of the other ones. So like while a lot of those movements and everything look really cool and fun to play, I just don't think that that is like particularly like the game for me directly. But um, a lot of these games look really cool and definitely pretty excited to check some more out as um, they come out over the next uh, few months here. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'd say overall, I wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan of what I saw. I, I think, um, you know, it was good stuff, but it didn't like strike me as like, I didn't have like this huge list of, of games at the end that I want to play personally. Um, so I, I want to make sure that I, I say that correctly, <laughs> that it wasn't like a bunch of crap games. It was just things that didn't yeah. stand out to me personally. Um, of course, uh, as a drunk uh, striker, drunk, blah, 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 I can't say that either. That's that's perfect English. As a striker, Gun Vault 3 um, looks great. I think that's that was definitely the standout for me. Um, those games are just fantastic. They look great. They play great. And uh, this next one looks even better than the others. It was action packed. I, I think it was fun. Just the, even the the trailer they played, it was just like jumped right into the action, told a little backstory and just bam, right into it. Um, so that was fun. Um, other games that I thought was just interesting. Um, Underworld Dreams sounds sounds interesting, but it looks like a like the graphics i know they're trying to pull off like a 1980s feel but it looks like it was made for the gamecube and it looks like something that would give me like motion sickness like if i played it very long like i i love the concept it's fun it's like uh you know horror kind of based fps but uh but yeah i think i would just get sick by playing it um and then the courier did look good um greg i know you mentioned that one that one it was like it's like these qc graphics and uh like clay like characters and stuff that seemed really fun seems like it'd also be like a relaxing adventure and so like every once in a while you need kind of one of those that you can just kind of sit back and you don't have to feel like, you know, you have a certain time, you have to finish this right away. So that was, that was kind of fun. Um, so I might be interested in that. Um, let's see. Skull also looked cool. I know it's out already, um, which is cool. Everything looks great. It looks like a shovel night game, which is, it's fantastic. Like if it, you can give me that, but like all these different characters and how they're work, working, all that seems great. And then they said it was a roguelite. And it, they lost me on that one. Uh, so, like, I I love the concept of roguelites, but after I start playing them, I do not like them. Um, I, I love how we can have these games that are, like, different every time you play them. But um, if you don't progress, because they're usually also super difficult. And if you can't progress, then all of a sudden you either lose your progress or you still have your progress, but the world changes completely or you have to, like, it's like a brand new game every time. So... That sounds great, but in theory, but in practicality, I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> so that's those are the ones that kind of stood out to me for one way or the other. You know, I don't blame you there. Uh, I'm I'm hit or miss with roguelikes. Like there are some that I really do enjoy, and then there are some that just they never grip me. Uh, so I was the same way with you with that one. Like I remember watching it, and I'm like, oh, this looks good, and then they said roguelike, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know. You know, like, I'd have to see. Uh, I like the roguelikes where there's a lot of carryover. Mm -hmm. um, like, there's no punishment to death other than that the world changes, but you get all, like, the experience, and then you can power up and get stronger. Uh, then I'm cool when it's like, oh, well, you lose all your items and all this other stuff, and you don't, you only get to keep things if you do X or Y. And those changes stay. Like, Dead Cells. A lot of people love Dead Cells. Like, that was the way Dead Cells worked, and I, I just did not get into 
dead cells i tried so hard um which is a shame because i know some people really really love dead cells um to me that was just one of those things that it did not get me so roguelike is is a hit or miss um for me obviously azure gun vault striker azure striker gun vault 3 um those are i mean i'm a huge mega man fan a huge mm -hmm. mega man x fan and this is this this is this, for those that don't know this is the same team that did mega man zero one to four they did mega man zx and zx advent <clears throat> this is where they went after zx advent because capcom didn't want to do mega man so they made their own mega man and this is what they're doing so if you enjoyed those games uh, this is mega man x with unique really cool um you know mechanics the same kind of thing bosses where you get uh you know different abilities uh and it, it's really interesting as the series is so popular and so well done that it split off you know there's the luminous avenger uh series as well which which is a split in azure gun vault striker 2 and, and you really should 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 play it i mean there's just really excellent games uh if you enjoy that um the courier also you know definitely looked good uh skull looked uh, you know a lot of fun i've heard good things about skull and it's one of those that uh, i got the physical in uh, dust diver 2 i never played the first one but i heard good things so i was excited to uh see it come back pocky and rocky reshrined uh pocky and rocky is just a classic super nintendo and uh it did have like a spiritual sequel on the wii and the ps2 i believe it was a guardian mm. heroes it was called uh, oh. it was supposed to be pocky and rocky and they lost like they didn't have the rights to it so they had to just change the name but it's like a, a spiritual sequel mm. and now it's great to see a brand new pocky and rocky uh in and um i love that and the the pretty presents um these these two are are Greg Zally. These are strategy role-playing games. Again, I'm not big into SRPGs uh, like I used to be. But what's cool is that one of these titles never came to the West. It was, you know, before Disgaea. It was it was only in Japan. So this is coming to the West for the first time. And I love, love what NIS is doing with these printy because they're taking PS2 era, PS1 era games, and they're bringing them back on the Switch because they're much harder to play. And they're giving you two packs. And they're they're updating them and stuff. And and really, if you like SRPGs, Greg, um, I mean, <laughs> you, you really should not be sleeping yeah, on I, these games. Mm -hmm. because <laughs> they're, they're, like, perfect for you. And, and if you never played this guy, like, they're crazy. They're, like, they're the type of games that you could put in hundreds and hundreds of hours if you want to and, and do insane damage and, and just have a lot of fun. But there's a reason that series is still going on. And this these two games are the precursor to the Disgaea series. They came out first. And it's really interesting to see them, again, come out. And again, this is the third time they're doing it. The first volume is out. The second volume comes out here shortly. And they're successful. And as long as they're successful, let's let it keep going. Um, and, and I, I want to see more studios do that. The Switch is a perfect, perfect system to bring back classic games and make them more accessible. Mm -hmm. uh, and I will always applaud any any single company that does that. So th those are pretty much my highlights. A lot of the other ones are cool. Um, and, you know, I, I would play them if I had the opportunity. But they um, there are a lot of niche titles, but it's great that there's a place for niche titles too because not everybody needs mainstream titles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When when we were talking about the, the team that went for Mega Man, 
like yeah. <laughs> it just yeah, reminded me all of a sudden uh, of the Mighty Number no. Nine. Is that right, Mighty Number no. Nine? That didn't turn yeah, out too well, team. like a different team. It's so interesting. Like you know, one one team went over here and kind of failed, uh, but the other team like has well, had like pretty big Mighty success. Mighty Number no. Nine's team was Kenji Inafuna. When he left Capcom, he created his own team to do that, and that that was the spiritual successor to Mega Man from the father of Mega Man, and mm-hmm. it didn't do well. This is a studio that actually worked on Mega Man. Well, you know, one of the Mega Man, two of the Mega Man series, Zero and ZX. Then they couldn't, you know, they, Capcom didn't want to say, yeah, do another Mega Man. So they're like, all right, well, we'll do our own Mega Man. Um, and it's weird as, as that is, but it's really cool to see them do that because they knew what they were doing. And Indie Creates is a great studio. Um, they, they do some really fantastic stuff. Blaster Master Zero. Like they're mm. very, very talented, uh, so I will always support them. I really like that they're they're here doing this, and they have a showcase to do it, you know, and they put it on mm-hmm. because they're again they're a small studio, and here we are just with the first Gun Vault. I don't know if you remember when the first Gun Vault came out. Uh, it was about one of the few uh, digital games I bought. Mm-hmm. It was on the 3DS. It was a 3DS exclusive title. They did it where if you purchased it, you also got Mighty Gun Vault as a free bonus. Which was like an eight bit one. And that had a crossover with Beck from Mighty Number no. Nine. It did. Um Yep. That's why it was called Mighty Gunvolt, because it was Beck with with Gunvolt. And it was a three DS exclusive title. And I bought it and it was a lot of fun. And the sequel was three DS exclusive and they did a two pack physically. And uh, I didn't get to play the second one that way. And then they brought it to Switch and, and PS4. And now they're, they're still continuing the series, but they had no idea. They it was a uh, the shot in the dark on the mm-hmm. on the 3ds no less as its only you know system and sure enough it's still going so mm-hmm. again if you haven't played them they're on the switch uh highly recommend for sure yeah they're great for sure it does i didn't even realize that those were like mega man-esque games i've been missing out on oh, that yeah. series oh apparently. yeah and yeah they're good yeah they're, they're mega they're classic, yeah <laughs> yeah the very classic <laughs> games and like the first x game that i love those games i replay them like so many times and here i am not even knowing that the (laughs) original people some of the original people behind those are off doing new like it create their own series of games yeah then you got at least three games to to go play after this (laughs) well more than that because luminous avenger that's true i guess the one and two is there um because (laughs) you remember the the zero games were on the gba and then the collection on the DS and the ZX was on the DS. So they knew the portable. That's why they went with Azure Gun Vault on the 3DS because they had done the portable. Uh, so if you've never played the Zero or the ZX games, they're also on the Switch in the collection. They're fantastic, fantastic Mega Man games. Uh, very, very underrated in my opinion. Yeah, I've actually never played those Mega Man ones. I've always stuck oh. with the classic <laughs> Blue Bomber um, Ones that actually just called Mega Man one through six. <laughs> oh man! I guess I guess I think it's technically eleven now or whatever it is. But um, yeah, eleven. Yeah. And then I did Mega Man X and Mega Man X two and three. I think is before I gave up on that X series. But hmm. I didn't dive into the any other of the Mega Man games, like not like ZX or Legends, or I never dove into any of those other. Mega Man spinoff games. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, you can get the Zero ZX collection on Switch. It's it's all six games from that studio, and then you got a Zero Striker, Gunvolt, uh, the two pack has one and two, and Luminous Avenger, and and they're all I mean, digital as well too. If that's how you want to go, of course. Yeah, but they all have physical releases too. 
Barry, I know that um, there's a lot of visual novels. There are like two or three that were shown off on this. Did any of those stand out? Because like me and Greg are not big fans of those. So like any of them um, that people should be paying attention to? So for me, those aren't the type of visual novels I enjoy. Those are, I mm. think they're called, well, I forget what the exact terminology is. It's like Okaku or Taku or something like that. I, I forget what it's called. Uh, they're more like like visual novels that are specifically done for dating. Um, so it, like the whole purpose of it is you're, you're like kind of, you're going to have a story with this character and romance is the primary thing. It's not like a, always like mm. a fantasy world or, or a sci-fi story. It's more, you know, set in a, it could be like feudal Japan. It could be set in modern day and it's, it's more about the romance. And sometimes there mm. could be some cool things with like maybe uh, uh, one of them that I did try was color X malice uh, that involved like police and crime. And there was a killer and, you know, some more graphic stuff, but it's still at the end of the day, like romance was the the big thing. And I don't mind romance in games, you know, the games like Harvest Moon and, you know, like, and Rune Moon Factory. And, you know, that's fine. You know, let, let there be romance kind of deal. But I don't want it to be the focus of the game. So for me personally, those weren't the type of visual novels that I love. Um, for other people, they are, and I welcome them. I'm glad they're there. I think that uh everyone has an audience and everyone has a, a taste and if you like that then go for it uh, for me i like the different types of visual novels that really tell something unique you know zero escape dankenrampa uh, uh stein's gate uh life is strange in a sense is like a visual novel um uh, raging loop is one that i just absolutely fell in love with stuff like that uh you'll get me you'll get me for sure Nice. Uh, going to the chat real quick before we wrap this up. Uh, looks like um, Lunchbox is really excited about Pocky and Rocky. And uh, Jakester didn't watch the show, but looks the the classics. Um, NIS classics looks interesting. And uh, he's a big fan of the romance uh, visual novels. Um, See? So there's an audience for everything, and there's nothing wrong. So he might absolutely enjoy those ones that were shown off. Uh, Axis does a lot of a lot of them. Like the the the, probably the majority of their catalog is romance visual novels. So if that's your cup of tea, uh, access is the way to go. And they do a lot of physicals too. They do a lot of physical collector's editions for themselves. And like they're, they, they make a lot of money on it. You know, they, they have an audience. Yep. Yep. And, uh, uh gyro tire. Added. Yep. Um, she says that dust diver three printing volume three amnesia, uh, Birushana, um, all, all in the showcase that, uh, caught his eye. So cool. Uh, well, it, that kind of brings us to the end of, of our conversation around this. If you did miss the, uh, the, the presentation itself, you can check it out on, um, new game, X, uh, game plus expos website, but, uh, we're going to be putting up a, just a cut down version. If you're only interested in the, the titles that were announced for Nintendo, um, that'd be going live on Nintendo fuse, uh, on Nintendo uh, on YouTube really soon. Um, so make sure you uh, check that out as well. But uh, let's move into some headlines before we uh, kind of look forward to the future and all that stuff. There's a, a couple different news stories that were happening this last uh, couple weeks. Um, so Greg kicks off with this first one. All right. So basically the day after our last podcast, which has been known to predict uh, upcoming Nintendo news, um, we were agreed with the unfortunate news that 
the sequel to Breath of the Wild is being delayed. So I think it, w- it was originally scheduled for holiday this year, and now it's now set for spring of next year. So anyone that was really super interested in following and playing the sequel, they'll have to wait a little bit longer as they will be need some more time to put some polish on everything. Um, one thing to really note that I saw on Twitter is that even though um, the game is delayed, they've been still pretty good with releasing Zelda content like each year. So like since like Breath of the Wild, we've still gotten like the Age of Calamity and the Hyrule Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition and like um, Link's Awakening and stuff like that. So we still might get a Zelda title this year, but it's not going to be Breath of the Wild too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, for those of you that are big fans of Lego, uh, Lego Mario collection or anything, um, we're going to have a new character jumping in. Lego Peach is uh, going to be joining very, very soon. In fact, sometime this year, they haven't said exactly we win, but you can get your Lego Peach and add to your Super Mario Lego collection and play with Peach uh, later on this year, joining uh, Luigi and Yoshi in there as well as of, of Mario, of course. So if you're a big fan of uh, Lego Mario, get ready for Peach and uh, Cat Peach as well. And if you're a big fan of wrestling and big fan of Pokemon cards, you probably know the name Logan Paul most famous for buying a bunch of sealed generation one uh pokemon cards and just getting gi joe for millions of dollars pretty hilarious and pretty sad um he decided to one-up his game by purchasing a grade 10 psa grade 10 pikachu illustrator card for a whopping 5.275 million dollars which breaks the record for the most expensive pokemon trading card game sold in a private and he decided to wear it around his neck at WrestleMania 38 as he was debuted as a world uh, wrestling entertainment professional wrestler. Because why not? I like to wear $5.2 million jewelry all the time. (laughs) When we said this story, I was like, this is just ridiculous. Um, There is another thing, actually. What's that? We, there was another. There was a new. A new headline just came out. Actually, just an, just showed up. So I did want to add it really quickly. Sure. This is kind of interesting. Um, apparently, there is a building in in Japan that Nintendo has just acquired, um, in Kyoto City. And the point of this is that Nintendo bought this to be a new R and D center. Uh, it's going to be titled Corporate Headquarters Development Center Building Number Two. Uh, and the purpose of it is to utilize the land to carry out important role in reinforcing its R&D department, and plans completion date is going to be December 2027, so not anytime soon, but it's 12 floors, you know, approximately 38,000 you know, square feet, um, and they bought it for like 5 billion yen. Uh, so they are literally, instead of buying studios, they are buying property to house R&D and maybe next switch or the switch after that or new new de- you know development teams or who knows what but it's pretty interesting Nintendo uh, you know Microsoft and Sony are are off buying studios and Nintendo's off buying property for in-house development yeah that's true um, they just keep getting bigger and bigger and you know good for them good for them they just you know it's better for us so uh <laughs> good for them 
Nice. Well, uh, yeah, let's let quickly, just before we jump into what's coming up next, um, what do you guys think about the stories we just talked about? Uh, Barry, you can go first. Uh, yeah, so the um, Breath of the Wild 2 delay is uh, expected. Uh, <laughs> in fact, in the prediction video, I predicted that it would not come out this year. So I'm sorry I didn't want to be right, but it's, it's been a while since I've actually been right on a prediction, so it's kind of interesting. Um, like Greg mentioned, um, Nintendo has made a commitment to do one Zelda a year, so maybe this is the year we finally get Skyward Sword and, and Twilight Princess HD from the Wii U. As uh, We had a delay. Let's throw these out there. Look, new Zelda for this year. <laughs> Why not? Uh, so, yes, I, I do predict we're finally going to get those now uh, that we're at least one of them. Knowing Nintendo, they might spread, spread it out. Four Swords Adventure? Get them both. Oh, I would love well, Skyward Sword. Skyward already out. I think, I think you were talking Wind Waker or Twilight Wind Princess. Waker, I mean, Skyward yeah, Sword right, Wind Waker. Already, yeah. hmm. you're, you're right. I'm at Wind Waker. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see them finally come over uh, for sure. Um, as for the Lego Peach, I'm just glad that I didn't jump in to the lego sets because like the collector in me wanted to so badly and then when hassan came and showed us the whole set it looked so great and all i could think of is i don't have the room for that so i'm so glad i didn't jump in because i would still be buying this stuff so i think it's great that nintendo is is still expanding i i would like to see them do more adult oriented sets uh, you know, like there was mm-hmm. the mock-up, like Hyrule Castle. Mm-hmm. That I might have to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but with the uh, with the the Mario sets being more geared towards kids, you know, until I have kids, and then when I have kids, it'll be like, all right, I guess there's an excuse to go buy them now. <laughs> uh, don't know where I'll put them, but at least we'll play. But <laughs> I'm I'm fine with uh, with with this. I, I think it's great. Let them expand. Now the girls. You know, girl figures are always uh, a tough sell. So hopefully Peach does well and, and little girls, you know, can play as Peach and put her on some adventures. I mean, it's it's been a while since she's been on a solo adventure since Super Princess Peach. So let her do that. Uh, Logan Paul is just ridiculous. Uh, I have no interest in him. I think it's a ridiculous story. He's got more money than he deserves to have. Um, and, and he's just doing all this for publicity. And all it does is it screws up the market because people think, oh, I got a Pokemon card. What's this? Fire energy. This must be worth at least $3,000. Um, and that's where the market just goes crazy, like the retro game market and Mm. and i i've been saying i want nintendo to buy some studios i I still want them to do that but i'm glad they're putting money a lot of money into r&d that tells me they've got some big plans in the future of Mm. things they want to do that they need a whole 12-story building to do Mm -hmm. a 12-floor building to do so yeah yeah uh jakester said the lego peach looks super creepy i totally agree <laughs> it's uh she kind of looks creepy um but cool that she's coming out i guess but yeah super creepy i i really want the lego like the actual lego sets to bury that'd be so awesome to build my like, hero castle or peach's castle or any of that just like give me the actual lego sets that that would be awesome i will find room for it uh, for sure <laughs> greg what do you think about all this well, yeah, I mean, at least piggybacking on the Lego discussion, like I, I'm with you guys. I'd rather, much rather, have like a, a big castle set, like as the bigger collection sets. Those are definitely more at my alley personally. Um, having just like a few of the ones, um, I've noticed I haven't really played with them a lot with my daughter, so they're kind of just sitting around in their box, and it's, I think it's a 
great idea, but I'm not always the one to like want to like deconstruct Lego stuff and like put them back together. And I think that's a lot more what these course elements are meant for. And that's kind of like that different mindset thing that we talked about with like with the games and stuff. It's I'm more like I like to just prefer to build it and then just leave it built and not just be like, oh, let's change up the course and try to make like a new high score thing, like what how it's intended. Mm-hmm. So it's I didn't quite realize that was part of it, like when they were selling it and. So yeah, so I just probably won't be diving further into getting Peach as it's mm. not really worth the investment. Um, I do agree that she does look kind of creepy. I always thought the Mario looked kind of creepy as well, but that I guess that's just, that's just <laughs> how they translate to Lego form, I guess. It's true. How they made it. Um, I'm going to jump in because I, I think you make a point. I I just it just hit me like you could. Did you guys ever play the uh, the classic um, board game Mousetrap? Oh yeah. Yes. Did you ever actually play Mousetrap, or did you just set it up, run the whole thing, and then put it back away? Because that's all I did. I, I never actually played the game. It's a I, very, I played very. It. Played I set it. it up and played it. Yeah. You set it up and played um, it. Okay. Most people I knew, I actually just set it up, um, ran it through, and that was it. I was like, we never bothered to like learn how to play the game. That kind of made, made me feel like the, the Mario Lego set. It's like you put it together. And you do your thing, but like, what's the what's the need to go back? Because you have to reset it up and do different things and that sort of thing. I guess I don't know, but carry on. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, as I was saying, the Breath of the Wild story was kind of it kind of sucks. It's delayed, and but I mean, they always say like, a, once you release the game and it's not polished, then it can't be a great game. So I'm all for a better game, and who knows, maybe it might. C- pop out with the switch to success or the switch successor at the same time, who knows, or the actual pro version or whatever you want to call it too. But that was my prediction. Um, yeah. That's totally what's going to happen. Who really knows like <laughs> with Nintendo these days with their console releases, I mean, the 3DS launched in March, the switch launched in March. I mean, these are big selling consoles that are not at the holiday time too. So Sure. Maybe they'll announce it at E3 this year. Oh, wait, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, it'll be in October (laughs) when they have Mario just hiding behind a little curtain. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and the Logan Paul thing, I don't really follow wrestling and really played with the Pokemon cards, but yeah, it just sounds like it's one of those uh, auction house kind of things. Like, let's just increase the price of retro stuff and make everybody else suffer. Mm-hmm. As Barry was saying, with like the game, it's like that stuff just kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, if you have not joined us on social media, I want to encourage you guys to do that um, at Nintendo Fuse on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And also, you can join us in Discord. The link is on the screen, but also in the show notes, the YouTube description. We love talking with all of you in between episodes, so make sure you join our Discord and uh, say hello and let us know what you're what you've been playing, all that stuff. If you don't have Discord, that's okay. You can also let us know in the comments right here on YouTube or hit us up on social media, all those different ways. We love talking with you and hearing what you're playing, hearing what you're thinking about all these different news stories and everything. Whether you're able to join us in the live chat during these recordings or not, we still love hearing from you as well. So make sure you do that. But uh, before we wrap up this episode we need to talk about what's happening very very soon our next episode is going to be on april 25th so in two weeks from today we're going to be recording uh the next episode it's april 11th as uh today so april 25th we'll be recording our next one um and uh giving away that 
that free code for um, Terrabane that on that episode as well. Um, but uh, before that happens, there's there's gonna be some games coming out. And uh, thanks, to, of course, to Metacritic website as well for uh, giving us a list because Nintendo changed their website up. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a few games coming up over the uh, the next couple weeks. Uh, Thirteen Sentinels. Aegis uh, Rim uh, is coming out uh, on the 12th, so just tomorrow as we're recording this. Uh, Rotund, Ro- Rotund Rebound is coming out on April 14th. Um, we've talked about that one previously. I think it was on uh, maybe an indie showcase or something like that before uh, as well. It's kind of seemed interesting. Um, a remake of Star Wars The Force Unleashed is coming out on April 20th. And, uh, you know, Cat Cafe Manager is also coming out on April 14th. So um, something out there for everybody. Uh, Barry, what are you looking forward to playing over the next couple of weeks? Uh, I'm most likely going to be sticking with both Horizon uh, Forbidden West and uh, Final Fantasy XIV's newest patch 6.1 as my primary stuff. Um, but... Uh, for those of you that are looking for something new this week uh, for the games that are coming out, uh, 13 Sentinels is fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, definitely worth giving a shot to. And uh, I, w- I would be doing that one had I not done it last year on the PS4. Um, nice. And it was in the Game of the Year awards for me uh, for PS4. Um, so, yeah, that that is definitely something I highly recommend. Cool. Uh, Lunchbox in the chat says, Nobody Saves the World is amazing. Um, it looks interesting. I, it was one of those that I didn't, I hadn't heard about, so I, I need to look into it. Um, but if he says it's amazing, I will be checking it out for sure. Greg, what are you going to be playing? It'll probably be more just backlog catching up this time. Um, it's <laughs> been fun just jumping back into some of the older titles there. Um, not a lot of the stuff has been catching like, my eye, at least so far, um, I did want to try to do more in Terrabane and also, like, um, finally start up, like, three houses again. So there's just too many games to play kind of thing and just got to stick with what I have for the time being, <laughs> at least for till the next podcast anyways. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, it might, I might actually get some time in with uh, Life is Strange too before uh, before next podcast. So we'll see. I'm gonna, like I said earlier, I'm trying to to find a good chunk of time where I can really dedicate to it. Um, and then, of course, I'll be playing Rocket League and other stuff too. But um, but yeah, um, I need to look into. I'm, I'm playing. This is kind of looking forward to the next week. I have uh, a couple trips that I'm gonna be uh, flying um, in the next month and uh so a little more time on the road so i'll be actually needing some handheld games and that might be finally the time where i uh um finally open up robot name fight uh, when i'm flying so looking forward to that as you guys have been Good. telling me for a while so like finally i might oh, be yeah. the time i i play it, that but. it is it is roguelike but you know you, you got to play it like super metroid and if you die you know you, you, you go back again and it's a new super metroid mm-hmm. it's so much fun so cool i know i'm, I'm kind of hesitant but i've heard a lot of praise about it so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try it out eventually and i, I got it when it was like two dollars or something like that on sale so like the digital version so i was like might as well try it out heard a lot of good things about it yeah i think i had gotten like a super sale of that and i still have to play a robot named fight as well and we we get shortly after all the time <laughs> Go on, i know it's i <laughs> 
the Midwest Gaming Classic is just a little bit after the next podcast, so hopefully I can get some time in for Robot before the next podcast as well. So nice, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, let's look at the chat. Uh, says, sees, assumes like uh, Jake's going to be finishing Monster Hunter Stories two tomorrow, and then go back to back to Fire Emblem, um, and then either going to go back to Minish Cap or starting a new game. Uh, Jared Tiger, um, Thirteen Sentinels, and Tunia cross sinran kagura man gyra tiger you gotta stop picking these names that i can't pronounce <laughs> i am so grateful you're in the chat right now but pick some things that i can pronounce <laughs> give me some mercy man um, <laughs> um it's uh <laughs> yeah so uh yeah be sure to definitely let us know what you guys are going to be uh playing um even after the fact um we love we love hearing about that and discord and everything as well um barry what's going on in your world over the next couple of weeks other than the game stuff or uh, maybe yeah, so attached to the got, game stuff but just beyond maybe that attached. yeah uh so one of the things is for all you that are interested in turbane we do have an industry talk going live i believe next week it is uh steve mm-hmm. um uh which is really cool because i got to sit down with the story writer for turbane who also plays the developer and voices the developer so it was really really cool interview because especially if you play the game and then to get to hear him talk like like speaking normal voice and like, you know normal sentences as opposed to developer commentary uh really really cool uh ton of fun uh so definitely check that out uh had a lot of fun doing that and always, always a pleasure to sit down with developers and then uh you know we, we have a lot of stuff going on in premium right now it's ridiculously busy so while we won't have anything to show between this podcast and next uh the same won't be true for the next podcast in between. So that's a little hint. Uh, definitely be some cool stuff uh, going on with that and uh, doing stuff every day to uh, to try and do some really cool stuff for everybody. So hopefully you all enjoy what we have to show off when we do show some stuff off. But mm-hmm. it's been busy. <laughs> Greg, uh, what's going on in your world over the next couple of weeks? Um, it's pretty much about the same old same old for me um i'm still picking up speed on premium and helping out where i can and has very pretty much gave you the update on that front and i did say i was going to the midwest gaming classic so if you're gonna be up in milwaukee at the last weekend of uh april you can hit me up and hopefully you can connect and do all those sorts of fun things so i'll be up there with some of the other premium edition crew and yeah it'll be fun going to one of my first conventions since I think like that uh, E3 that me and Steve went to. So wow. it'll be pretty nice to be out there with other gamers and other people in the industry. I'm so jealous because they keep announcing guests and it's like, really, I was supposed to go to this show and now I'm not. And it's like, son of a, I really want to go because there's so many guests going. It's going to be a <laughs> hey, great waited, show, man. You waited too long to look for plane tickets. So now it's nah, too man. pricey and... Well, well, that that new team members joined us that are going, so uh, and they were going anyway. So it's like, ah, oh, man. But no, it it's got a great, great lineup of guests. I'm so jealous. I can't wait to hear your stories. Yeah. Um, I'm so jealous. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad that you didn't want to come out and meet me. <laughs> oh, no, I did. I did. No, yeah, to. you gotta give him a hard time from from this point forward <laughs> because exactly. you never he, you can never he leave it down because apparently I canceled out on meeting Barry on my way out to Colorado and he's never let he me did. live it down. So you gotta he make did. sure you keep going. Up. 
<laughs> I haven't brought that up in years. I haven't years. brought that up in years. <laughs> <laughs> although, although, although I will say this, Dan from Playcraftings to this day still says, is Steve going to show up? Is Steve going to come out? Every time I talk with him. So <laughs> I, feel like we, him down. I feel like we know each other, even though we've only had like that one conversation. <laughs> Just because he, he expects me to be out there, which is, which is really awesome, actually. But yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, if you do go to conventions, um, maybe you're going to that that one in Milwaukee uh, and you're going to see Greg. Um, we don't talk about this a whole lot, but we have a merch store and you should buy a Nintendo Fuse t-shirt or a shirt or sweatshirt or something like that. Um, and uh, that way Greg can say, hey, you know Nintendo Fuse? Cool. Maybe you're one of the podcast listeners or something like that. So you can head over to NintendoFuse.com. Check out all our merch uh, at the link. Just buy, buy a shirt and like it'll take you to our merch store and uh, you can buy all that stuff there. So if you do, that supports us, but it also uh, it's going to allow Greg to be able to see you and spot you a lot easier and uh, say, hey, I know you and uh, you probably listen to me on the podcast so we can have a conversation <laughs> and all that stuff. So, yeah. You have the same shirt that I wear sometimes on the podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, cool. Well, it's been awesome chatting with all of you, as always, about video games. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back on April 25th for our next live recording of the of uh, episode 250. We've, we've almost there, guys. Almost 250. We're a quarter of the way to 1,000 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, maybe get there by the time we die. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah episode 250 recording live on april 26th hope to see you there in the live chat um but uh, until then happy gaming everybody have a good one see you guys next time